1: A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Okay, welcome everyone to a very interesting edition of Modern Love Radio. We're going to talk about another kind of love, and that is mother love, father love, parent love, talking about the new parent trap, how do you choose care? Care. How do you choose a nanny? If you are going to be like so many parents today, a working parent, and I have been on that working parent train, and I can tell you, I, hmm, if I think back, probably it took about uh, 20 tries before we finally found the right nanny slash housekeeper and all that. And talking to us today is a woman who was a super nanny for over 15 years, beginning as a mommy's helper at the age of 11. She shares her experiences in her book, Nanny and Me which is an illustrated debut book for children about making the transition from being cared for solely by their parents to having a nanny in the home. So I want you to welcome tonight Florence and Romano, and we're looking at Bureau of Labor Statistics that say both parents are employed nearly 60% of the time, In married couples today, the truth is that millions of young children need to be cared for while their parents are at work. So welcome, Florence. How are you?
0: Thank you for that beautiful welcome. I'm so happy to be here with you.
1: So everybody has probably seen those television shows on Super Nanny and uh, the Nanny mm-hmm. show that starred, uh, oh, God, what was her name? The actress. Jo yeah Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Hilarious, where she's carrying on kind of, you know, a love interest with the father, but not really. We've seen lots of portrayals, evil nannies, good nannies, great nannies. What kind of nanny would you say you were?
0: I would like to think that I was sugar, spice, and everything nice, kind of a, a Mary Poppins-esque uh, nanny. I just wasn't as uh, proper, I think, maybe as a British nanny was. Uh, but I had all the elements of fun and uh, the values that Mary Poppins had uh, was very important to me. So, and I, I, the proof is in the pudding. Truthfully, when I speak to the children that I nannied for, uh, I ask them, you know, what their experience was like, and and they tell me, you know, what it was. Like to, to have me in the home with them and, and being an influence in their lives and, and that's the best reward you can get as you see them grow up is how did you affect them? Was it in a positive way? What are the moments that they remember? And sometimes it's moments that you don't even remember but it sticks out to them and you wonder how did that shape them? So I'd like to think that I was a nanny that had their best interest at heart and that they were an extension of my heart.
1: Well, there's so much to talk about here because we've got everything from how the parents feel. We've got how the children feel. We've got how do we deal with disrespectful children. I hardly know where to start, you know, how the kids or you might feel torn between two worlds. So let's start with this one. How did you decide to become a nanny in the first place? What led you to that?
0: It was a very natural uh, choice for me. I think it chose me truthfully. Uh, if you ask my mom when I was a little girl, I used to ask her to take me to the hospital to get my baby, and what I meant by that was, please take me to the toy store so I can buy a baby doll and I would come home and make birth certificates for all my baby dolls so i was I was ready to be a nanny, a babysitter, a caretaker from a very young age i was I had that maternal spirit about me uh, way ahead of my time. And at 11 years old, my mom told me I could start becoming a mother's helper for friends of hers in the neighborhood and learn from those mothers and fathers and those families about what the responsibility was like to be in a home and take care of children. And then once I was in my early teens and able to be at home alone with the children, that was my transition into being a babysitter. And then that really was the catalyst to me becoming a full-time nanny for a large portion of my teen years, my college years, and then a portion of my adulthood as well.
1: Wow. So is there a special training that a nanny would get or should get, in your opinion?
0: Every nanny should be CPR certified. Whatever it is that you do, if you get no other training, I really, truly believe you need to be CPR certified for infants and for, for any other you know adult uh, or elderly. Anyone across the board, CPR is very important. In terms of training for a nanny, there are places that you can go and learn those skills um, that you might want to have as a nanny, and that does include a CPR, but it also includes perhaps having some sort of sensitivities to health and nutrition and exercise and education and things like that, but I was never formally trained. I think that's very important for for people to know. Uh, It really came from my heart that this is something I wanted to do, and I wanted to learn it. I wanted to be very good at it. But my heart was in the right place. Now, and what was the hardest simple.
1: part for you? Your heart was in the right place, but what what made your job hard? What was the hardest part of being a nanny, caring for someone else's children in their home? And did you live in, by the way?
0: I never lived in, no. But the hardest part, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, is learning to separate yourself from the parent. You are an extension of the parents. I always say nanny is an extension of the eyes, ears, and heart of the parent. You cannot forget that those children have a parent. You are not replacing them. So you need to be working in tandem with those parents. You and the parent are a unified front. And it's that perfect trifecta of parents, children, and nanny. And you need to remember that you have to be able to promote the values of that family. It's not your agenda. It's not the nanny's agenda. Now, how it do you know the
1: what the values of a family are? Because sometimes families have a hard time knowing what their values are. A lot of people, you and I work with couples all the time in our trainings and workshops who are about to get married because thank god they're taking advantage of premarital preparation for those who don't know sidebar for 10 seconds there are 50 percent fewer divorces if you do premarital training so tape that to the bank everybody you can improve your odds of having a great marriage by 50 percent right out of the gate okay now back to nannying had to get that off my chest, so, <laughs> I liked
0: that. It was a good piece of trivia
1: <laughs>
0: it's not <laughs> trivia it 's
1: fact and it's really <laughs> and important it's because true. the that's divorce good. rate Absolutely. is still fifty percent, and what does that do to the children that get caught in that? you know it's Absolutely. devastating, which of course you it know is. as mm-hmm. a nanny so one mm-hmm. of the things that's that's very, very important is how do parents
0: transmit
1: their values, and how do you as a nanny? Try to find what, God help us, what if you don't agree with their values?
0: I'm so glad that you said what if we don't agree because that's a saying that I have always. If we don't agree, it's not for me. The parent needs to say that to themselves and the nanny needs to say that to themselves when they come to the table and have this conversation about whether or not they're the right fit for that family. And it's a tiered process. You're not just making this decision right off the cuff off the bat you need to do your research and it just if you're using an agency even just because they're doing a background check doesn't mean you don't need to be doing your due diligence as well go on facebook see if you can find their profile what are they doing on social media what are they saying but before any of that you need to sit down with your family whatever the the dynamic in your family is and you need to say okay what is important to us in terms of values i think an important way to look at this is Every parent would probably say, I want my child to be happy, healthy, protected, loved. But the difference is, every parent defines those values differently. That's where you get the discrepancy in life with nannies and with caretakers. It's defining those values. So if you. So can give us
1: your definition it. of what that would mean to you if a child is healthy, happy, safe, and loved.
0: Healthy meaning you understand what the needs of that child are. I grew up with a sibling with autism. And when you are caring for a child with special needs, that is an entirely different heart, entirely different tolerance that you're dealing with there. And that is the health of the child. That also goes into the protection of the child. That goes into the love of the child. So that across the board is very different. And I think that we tend to forget about that today, that special needs and, and children with Uh, different abilities uh, are going to need to have those definitions applied to them but they're going to be needed to be treated in a more customized way but the best way for me to describe what those values mean to me is at the end of the day are you the nanny acting like an aunt or an uncle or a godparent To these children, because that is a great way for you to measure if you're going to be a positive influence in the child's life, and extension of the values of the family.
1: So what's the most important thing? If you're a parent looking for a nanny, and we have a lot of people in our audience who have children, we have people who may be looking for nannies. We've also got some grandparents who have concerns. So if you're looking for that nanny, you should do your own background check. But what are you looking for in their background? What would be maybe your top three things that you should actually think about?
0: I want you to look at education. I want you to see if they do have an education, a background in education for children. It's not a deal breaker, but look and see what their education is. My background is in performance, theater, and communications. So I did not get a degree in child education, but – I was bringing something different to the table for those children. There was an imaginative part of my job that I that I brought for, to those children's lives, and that so parents really appreciated in terms of me defining education so broadly. So look at their education. Number two, look at their records. Like actually dig in and see: are there DUIs? Are there felonies? Those are these are not things that all these agencies are, are necessarily delving into very deeply. And go ahead and hire a third party to do that for yourself because there's no price when it comes to your children and the safety of your children. And number three, you can't just do the due diligence without meeting them. You need to meet them, sit down with them, be face-to-face with them, and start to ask them questions that you would not ask in corporate America. You can ask about their religion. You can ask about what they do in their spare time, their marital status, all of these things. You need to get to know this person and start to feel if you're jiving with them, if you feel that there's a chemistry there. And then even after that, You need to bring them into the home to see how they interact with the children because I'll tell you what, children have the best instincts. If your children are able to talk and communicate, you need to ask them what they thought of the nanny because they are notoriously unfiltered and they are going to tell you what they think. And don't undermine their opinion because they usually are on point about how they feel about someone.
1: Yeah, and isn't that the truth? I remember interviewing this nanny once. We had just a slew of people coming from an agency. We had sifted through. So we had our top three candidates come to the house to meet our daughter, who was just an infant at that point. She was about maybe 10, 12 months old. And I was going to be working part-time at home. So I was going to be there, and I still needed somebody, you know, for those hours I was working. So right away, the first thing I keyed into with one of the people that came, she came with her mother, or maybe it was her aunt, but she had an older woman with her. And I thought, well, gee, that's interesting. Why did she have to bring another person? But it wasn't mm-hmm. a deal breaker because I thought maybe she's insecure, but never once did she look at the baby or engage with the baby.
0: Oh, and wow. That like, gave me And I was
1: we're done,
0: because mm-hmm. if you're not even
1: interested in engaging while I'm here, you sure as heck aren't going to be interested when I'm not here.
0: Absolutely. And I finally found a woman.
1: The first thing she did, she walked in, and she was delighted to meet the baby, and they were laughing together, and the baby was responding to her, and she was having fun and games. And then she looked at me and said, oh, oh, my name is da 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 I was like, Perfect.
0: perfect i love that and i will because tell he,
1: you here we are many years later that same woman still works for me no longer is a oh nanny.
0: my goodness isn't that beautiful see that is a success story that's exactly what i like to hear that's what i want the world to hear because you know what the word nanny has become a, di- a dirty word, and what I mean by that, and this goes into you know something else that I know we'll, we'll chat about, is that mother's guilt, the working mother's guilt. Well, let's talk about
1: that now because I sure experienced it. It seemed as if every day I was racing the clock, and I never felt I was giving enough to my children. I, I just mm-hmm. used to look at those mothers who were going to – the field trips and the PTA meetings, and I made it to as many as I could. I did do some, but it did not work. And I, Okay, sidebar, I have to say this. So I was having lunch in New York with Barbara Walters. I was speaking at a women's oh, wow. conference there, and Barbara was also speaking, and we were seated together at lunch, and I said, Barbara, you've been a working mom your whole life. I was hosting a national TV show at the time, and of course, she's always been, and I was on ABC News, which is how I initially met her, I said, Barbara, you've been a working mom. What's your best advice for me as a working mother and somebody who's in media? She said, Brenda, she said, I used to look at all those mothers who were baking the cookies and walking their kids to school and who were in the classroom volunteering and walking their children home. And you know what? I longed to be one of those mothers. I felt guilty that I wasn't one. But what I've learned is that their children turned out just as badly as mine did?
0: Oh. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> and you immediately felt relief, right? You're like, that's all I need to hear. I oh, was shocked. Goodness. And that then I hysterical. laughed that off because
1: yeah. of course, very um notoriously, Barbara's daughter was having some pretty serious issues. And she just said, "Look, everybody else's kids are having problems. You know, I did my best. <laughs> so, so that was that was helpful to me about the guilt. But I didn't want my daughters to turn out badly.
0: Uh, and you know what? I don't know your daughters, but I'll tell you right now, just from talking to their mother, I very highly doubt that they're, they they turned out anything but as intelligent and as lovely as you are. So I would not be worried. Well, uh, thank you. I won't argue and-
1: with you, but you know, I'm completely <laughs> objective, right? Completely objective." Well, you know, I I They're the most beautiful, the, children, the most brilliant. Da, of da, da. course they are.
0: <laughs> of course they are. And you know what? Good for you for being that kind of kind of mother, because that's what I'm talking about. You know, that's that's the love. That's the love you show the child. And and to get back to how do you feel? You know, with that mother's guilt. The the best piece of advice that I have for mothers, and I have looked in in the eyes of these mothers for years, where they have that guilt. I always tell them that it's not a competition, that at the end of the day, even if your child cries, when I leave, they're going to cry for maybe a minute, and then they're going to be happy to be with you for the rest of the night. And that is the truth, because the best thing you can do for your child is to surround them with as much love as you possibly can. If you do that... You are setting your child up for so much success in the world, and they will thank you for, for it one day. They'll be able to say, oh, my gosh, look at all these people I have in my life that love me. I am blessed. I am lucky. And, and they will figure that out one day. But if you miss some field trips, if you don't bake some cookies, that happens. But if your child knows they're loved, if that is an unconditional value and something that they can access and express all the time and feel then you have done your job as a mother the most important thing you can ever do is protect your child and put them in a community of love
1: so what are one of the the really not positive stories that you would talk to us about that would be a cautionary tale For our parents. And I want to just acknowledge that thank God our definition of parent has expanded. We've got two moms, we've got two dads, we've got single parents. We have every kind of family now. We have lots of grandparents who've stepped Mm -hmm. into the breach and are raising children more now, actually, than ever. And I just want to acknowledge all of our parents, whatever configuration of parent you are, thank you. And as my granny used to say, God bless your cotton-picking heart for doing this job. And
0: it is a job.
1: It's a Mm -hmm. job. It's a challenging one, but we all know it's also the most rewarding job. I can't think of anything more rewarding than being a parent. So what is, like if you said, you know, I had this experience Mm-hmm. And what it taught me is this, and every parent needs to hear this story. What would it be?
0: There is a very powerful story uh, that I, I have in, 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 my, in my heart and in kind of my nanny arsenal, my, 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 nanny, my nanny bag. I was a, a nanny for two children in, in a home, a boy and a girl, and the parents were lovely, as lovely as can be, but they put a lot of pressure on their children academically. And I remember one night, being with the little girl, and she was probably, you know, in grammar school at the time, maybe about sixth, seventh grade, and she was getting very, very nervous while she was doing her homework that she was going to do badly on these exams and what was going to happen to her in her future, and I have to get into a good high school and a good college, and, and she was really starting to break down in front of me, and I saw this progr- this progression over the, the last several months and i was starting to get a little nervous about it well she excused herself from the table and went upstairs and after her being gone for a couple of minutes i went upstairs to check on her and she was throwing up in the bathroom because she was so physically distraught oh. emotionally distraught oh. over the pressure of uh, was that was being put on her probably only 11 12 oh, years old dear. at this point That's awfully young. and that was very hard, I know, and I laid there on that bathroom floor with her, and, you know, we talked it out, and she didn't want to get in trouble with her parents, and, and I needed to make sure I had her trust, and that's very important for nannies to know is that you remain a trustworthy person in this child's life, but you also have an obligation to the parents to let them know the things that you're seeing. Because sometimes you see, see things the parents are not going to see. And so I had to think of a way to go and talk to these parents about what I was seeing. And I did. I sat down with them one night after the children were asleep, and I said, you know, I think we need to talk about what I'm seeing your daughter go through. How can I help? How can I help her understand her worth and, and help calm her down? And what can we do together? Not attack, never attacking the parents talking about what we can do to help her and let them know that I was seeing something that was upsetting me and it was upsetting her. And they were very open to it. The parents were very open to the conversation and I'm happy to say that Things did change after that. And here's even the most beautiful part of that story. I still stay in contact with every single child for which I nannied. And I just recently saw this little girl a couple of years ago who's no longer little and is, you know, thriving in, in her life, in her in her early 20s. And she came up to me and said at a wedding we were both at, I love you. You are still the voice in my head. Thank you for everything that you did for me when oh, I was growing wow. up. Oh,
1: wow. That's beautiful. And, now uh, that's what you live for.
0: You do, Oh my God. full circle. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a very powerful story to me.
1: Yes, it is. And it makes sense because you have a kind of, you know, front row seat on what's going on in the family, what the children are experiencing. And in your opinion, what you're saying is that nanny should never be afraid to speak up. Now, what about from the parent's perspective, What are the signs a parent should look for? Say they've hired a nanny and it's not working out. What should they be looking for to say, hey, it is working or it isn't working?
0: First of all, I want to advocate for nanny cams. I know this is unpopular sometimes, but nanny cams, if it's the right thing for your family, absolutely do it, especially if you have children with special needs or elderly and you need to make sure that the people that can't speak for themselves are being properly um, vetted uh, and are properly protected, uh, I'd say use a nanny cam if you have any doubts. But the things you should look for if you're not going to use a nanny cam and keep an eye on them is that open dialogue with your children. You need to tell them before the nanny comes into the home, okay, you know, mom and dad love you or mom and mom love you, whatever whatever, whatever the family dynamic is there, and say, this person is not replacing me, but they are there to help you know, be there for you and be a part of your life and create memories with you. But you need to let me know what's going on. And if they're young children, you need to discuss an appropriate touch. You need to discuss discuss a lot of things that maybe are a little uncomfortable. But these are things that you need to – Yeah, there are a lot of books to
1: help parents. There's the um, never keep a secret book. Uh, You never keep a secret from the parents. There's the never touch here, here, or here book. And these are really great books for little children because they're illustrations with little animals. And it's easier for a young child to digest something, just developmentally speaking now as the (coughs) developmental person. um, Very easy for them to relate to what little animals go through. It's not as threatening or as anxiety-provoking. So parents, you know, go to your local bookstore. I still like old-school bookstores. And that way you can thumb through all the books pick the ones you need for your children now one of the things you talk about that i really appreciate very much is that children need communication that you Mm -hmm. sit down and actually explain why parents haven't chosen a nanny why they aren't in the home so florence what would a good conversation with a child about why we have a nanny sound like
0: well, the reason why I actually started to venture into this into this field after I retired as a, as a nanny was saying that I've seen it from all the different perspectives, that in order for children to understand what's about to happen, they need to have the personal one-on-one time with you where they can sit down and have it explained to them. Children can really handle anything, almost anything, as long as they're prepared for it, and they have to feel like they have control in a situation and how would, where how they. Would the
1: parents explain it. Give us an example. If
0: the if the parent can sit down with the child and use a tool, perhaps, and I, and I am to discuss um, the book uh, that I wrote, "Nanny and Me," which a child actually is describing to the readers to the other to the children that she's talking to what happens when the parents leave the home and the nanny is taking care of them if the parent can sit down for example with a book like that and say we're going to read this book together and get them excited and say we are you're going to have this person coming into your house if you already hired them use them by name tell them about them show them a picture get them excited about who this person is and then how much
1: the transition time I'm sorry we only have a few minutes how much transition no. time should you give a child to a just to the nanny before the parents actually go off to work and leave the child with the nanny?
0: The most, uh, the the top level, I would say, if you can have about three weeks where you're bringing that nanny around and they can start to get used to them having you in the home and them there so they can start to feel a little safer, uh, that would be great. But if not, at the very, very minimum, get them in there about a week before you make the transition.
1: And then what would be, the most helpful thing you could say to parents about disrespectful children because, you know, children aren't bad. Children are only doing what they've had a chance to learn. So how would you intervene if children are being disrespectful?
0: First of all, if they're being disrespectful, I think you should take a good hard look at your behavior as a parent too. Children, do what they what they see. They learn what they they, they they learn that from watching your example. If you're walking around the house using profanity all the time and you start hearing them do it, there might be a reason why they're doing it. They're they're watching you. So when you're actually dealing with the discipline issue and they are being disrespectful, remember to pick your battles. Not everyone is one you're going to want to fight, and they are going to test. They're going to test their limits. They're going to test your limits. They're going to find which buttons they can push and what you are going to do. Now, how do you, are you are as a do. nanny
1: intervene if you're dealing with a disrespectful child?
0: You first need to make sure that you and the parents are on the same page about discipline. Are you allowed to spank? What is the punishment? Can you ground? These are things you need to understand as a nanny before you even set foot in that house, before you actually start disciplining. So you need to ask the parents how they want you to be an extension of them in terms of that.
1: So I just have to see. Did I hear you say spank?
0: Spank. And you, you would not believe that people are still using this as a method of discipline today. Oh, my God. I'm now so I, shocked. I don't agree with that. It's nothing I would do I don't agree with it, do and agree with it either. And Never. Okay,
1: Mm-mm. let me just say this, everybody. I spend a lot of my time as a practicing psychologist and as a trainer who train you know, modern love training. So many of the couples I work with, so many individuals I work with are still dealing with trauma because parents hit them. And a lot of parents who were hit when they grew up, my parents were like that. They were all about that whole spanking, beating, whooping, whatever you want to call it. They believed in it. And I know it took me years to heal my own trauma, and I have so many couples who have trouble in their marriages and their relationships because of the trauma. So please listen to Super Nanny when she tells you there are better ways to discipline because discipline means teach and you want to actually teach your children all right so we are talking to our special guest tonight who is our super nanny or she's known the windy city nanny florence Ann romano her book is nanny and me florence you get the last word what do you want to leave us with tonight
0: lead with love i think in this time and in this world, I think that's the best message I can, ever, I can ever give, and it's the most important place to leave with love is going to be in your family. And make sure those kids are taken care of. Make sure that you're doing your work just like you're doing work at that office, you're, you're running that house just like a CEO, too. So make sure you're planning the time in the work. And I
1: will tag in with you. I couldn't agree with you more. It's Florence Ann Romano. Her website is Romano. That's Florence as in the city in Italy, Ann, A-N-N, Romano, R-O-M-A-N-O.com. And remember, your love life. Also requires work, and the best gift you can give your child is work on your love life so they have that nice, stable family to support them because it makes their life a lot easier and if you don't know what to do about that, then for god's sake, follow me on social media dr brenda Wade Facebook twitter, Instagram, our website is love at dot com uh, that's on our website. Website is com. The love at dogwade.com is our email so that you can join Modern Love Training. We have a Modern Love Training event this coming Saturday. If you have time and you're in the Bay Area or you can jet in, it's going to be from noon to 630 at 601 Cesar Chavez in San Francisco. It's this coming Saturday, November 12th. And we are going to talk about the seven steps to success, career, money, and love. Thank you again to Florence and Romano. And thank you to our wonderful producer, LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning. Be with us next week, everybody. We're going to be talking about another topic very important. Dr. Elena George is going to talk about how big medicine affects your love life. Until then, everyone, I love you, modern lovers. Blessings. Good night.